Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance, hit us up on the Canty and Carlin. Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. In just a bit, we've got so much to get to. And 10 minutes with Jeff Darlington on the NFL, on what's up with Tua, and on the future of Mike McCarthy. But, Canty, we start today with what was just a disastrous national championship game. No, 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 no. Let's call it what I called it yesterday, Carla. An ass whipping. Oh. Isn't, isn't that what I said was going to happen yes. last night? Yes, and it didn't take long. No, it didn't take long. That game was not in doubt. I mean, after that one big play that TCU had down the field, I mean, that was pretty much it, Carla. We knew what the result was going to be. They had a blown coverage. Darius Davis was wide open. That's what Georgia's back end gave up, and that's about it. They didn't give Max Duggan in that offense from TCU any room to breathe, and Stetson Bennett was phenomenal. Tying what we saw from Joe, Joe Burrow in a championship game, accounting for six, count them, six touchdowns last night. Absolutely unbelievable performance by Georgia. They dismantled them. Like Stetson Bennett said, postgame, that was cold-blooded execution. Yeah, at the same time, they, they got help dismantling him, too, because it was pretty clear that once TCU fell in that hole, that was a spiraling situation. That was quicksand for TCU, because the harder they were trying to fight to get out of it, the more mistakes they were making. Like, these guys running free, wide open all over the place, McConkey, not even within the anybody within the zip code of them down the field. These are the kind of mistakes that when you go into a game, Chris, and you know everybody is saying that you are outmanned, that once something happens early and you don't counterpunch big enough, it's going to get away from you. And I, I'm not taking anything away from Georgia because it was a phenomenal performance. But it was equally a bad performance by TCU. No, I mean, listen, we got to give credit where credit is due. Offensive coordinator Todd Munkin for the Georgia Bulldogs did a great job of scheming up the X's and O's. There was that touchdown pass to Ladd McConkey where they're scheming the cover three. The free safety decided that he was going to lean toward the passing strength of the formation. They ran a running back out of the backfield on a wheel route, and they had Ladd McConkey on a go, and it ended up being – a wide-open touchdown. Now, you can't give Stetson Bennett those opportunities no. because at that point it's just throwing seven-on-seven. Seven. Or not even that. It's like throwing on air because there's no defense. That happened over and over and over again. Whether it was A.D. Mitchell or Brock Bowers, you're just seeing Georgia skill position players running free in TCU secondary. And might I add, TCU secondary is not bad at all. And the fact that they were able to have that dominant performance – just speaks to how good the talent base is for Georgia, but also how good Stetson Bennett is in these moments. Okay, but let's also call this what it is, too, all right? What's up? I mean, Michigan was incredibly disappointing now as you look back. Yeah, I mean, Michigan, that, that, Michigan was looking ahead. They were looking it, past TCU. And it looks even worse. It looks even worse today. It, it truly does. Because if Michigan's defense was really that good, they should not have played that poorly against TCU. And, Chris, 
if I'm counting, and I know their secondary's not bad, if I'm counting on TCU to have a good defense to win that game, I don't have a chance. I don't have a chance. It's out of the Big 12. They don't play defense in the Big 12. Well, they didn't have a chance going into this game, yes. Carlin. I don't know why you're surprised. I'm not surprised. They I, were a double-digit dog surprised. going into it. Nearly two touchdowns. What was the line? 13 and a half at kickoff? Right, but I, I, listen. to me, I'm not the, surprised. To me, what bothers me about the whole thing is that you didn't end up with the two best teams in that position. And I, I understand that the college football playoff is not perfect. I can't wait for it to expand. Yes. But when you only have four teams in it, Chris, and this is what you end up with, and, you and you know, Ohio State, who to me is the second-best team in the country, even though they didn't play last night, they are the second-best team in the country. If that situation plays out the way it does, you are looking at a continued dominance by a conference that is just far and above everybody else. I mean, that's that's what we're talking about. I, I, as much as I love Ohio State, I don't think that there was anybody else, conference-wise, top to bottom, who was stronger than the SEC. And I know I'm not splitting the atom when I say that. Well, that's going to change in a couple of years with the Big Ten because they're getting UCLA and USC. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there'll be an influx of talent in that conference, and we'll see what happens with Notre Dame because they, they're in the footprint of that Big Ten uh, conference as well. Hey, look, so Notre Dame's, think, Notre Dame's really good, but Chris, let's be honest. Notre Dame is never on that next level. They're no, not. Uh, well, here's my, not. my point is this, Carlin. In terms of being able to attract the most talented kids from prep and from JUCO and, and by virtue of the transfer portal, I think the profile of the Big Ten is going to change. Well, they need will, to come up and, with the money. And it, and it will elevate – them to the level that the SEC is currently at. So I think there will be but, this feud between the SEC and the Big Ten Chris, because those are the two power conferences. But th- that's years off, Carlin. We're not there right now. No, I and know. I think that's what you're speaking to. But I, I don't even know that all that is changing at the moment because I think it's a moving target. I think as much as everybody else is going to grow, the SEC is going to grow. And to me, Georgia last night, as we look back at that game, as much as they were terrific, you also – have to acknowledge what we were talking about yesterday, and that's Stetson Bennett. And the level of player that he now stands as in the history of college football. Mm. He is right near the top. And I don't care what we want to say. Statistically, there have been other better quarterbacks. Talent-wise, there are other better quarterbacks. Yep, absolutely. When it comes to winning and in the most important spots, this guy plays at his absolute best. At the most important moments, Stetson Bennett plays at, at, the, at his absolute best. Well, we floated the question out there yesterday. Is he, from a resume standpoint, the greatest quarterback in the college football playoff era? Just confining it to the two games in the playoff. Yeah. Is he the greatest quarterback in the college football playoff with the four games that we've seen him in? Yeah, I, I think I'd have I, to say I think yes. you have a hard time arguing against it. Now the question becomes – as far as the program is concerned, is he the greatest player in Georgia history? I mean, he's up there with Herschel Walker, back-to-back national titles. Carlin, they set a record for the most wins in the SEC over a two-game span. They beat Alabama's previous record of 28. They got 29 wins over the last two years. They were wire-to-wire number one in the rankings, and they went back-to-back. I, I I mean, what else does he have to do? What else does he have to prove? I don't think there's anything else to prove. Yeah. And, and, Chris, he did all this when you could argue his head coach didn't necessarily believe in him. 
for the longest time. Well, and for good reason. From a talent standpoint, Stetson Bennett is not on par with some of the quarterbacks we've seen come through Georgia. No, but they, they just told not. him from day one, even Kirby Smart admitted last night, we told him he was a three. He was the third-string quarterback. That's basically what he was. Yeah. And now he's gone out there and done what he's done. I think the, the mountain that he has had to climb is that much bigger than Herschel Walker's when you factor all of that in. I would call him the greatest bulldog of all time. Yeah. And I, I don't think I'm out of left field in saying that. Well, a part of that is being the underdog too, right? Having to go the yeah. route of Juco, not necessarily being the guy that everybody wants coming out of high school. And then a kid from Blackshear, Georgia born, has an opportunity to lead his home state team to back-to-back titles. It's a pretty damn good story. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. We want you to be a part of Canty and Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The lines are open now. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. And the question there is, is Stetson Bennett one of the great winners of all time, and where does he stand on that pantheon of great college football players of all time when you factor in back-to-back championships? We now turn to the NFL, and we welcome in ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington, who joins us right now. Jeff, Canty, and Carlin, we appreciate the time. And let's just start here with Tua Tungavailoa and the Miami Dolphins. Where do we yeah. stand right now from what you can tell as far as his availability Sunday in Buffalo? Well, he has not yet been cleared from concussion protocol, guys. So that's really the biggest – I mean, that is the massive step here. Uh, Mike McDaniel has made very clear that he will not do anything. He will not consider playing Tungavailoa until he gets that clearance. You know, he did mention, though, that he had seen where – Tua had been participating in some activity where he was sweating. He was he was uh, perspirating apparently, which means that uh, he has apparently been put into at least a latter stage of the concussion protocol, not to the point where he can participate in team activities. If he gets to the point where he is cleared by Wednesday or Thursday, you know I hate to put words into McDaniel's mouth here, but I will say it's not as if the team has ruled him out. It's not as if they've said, you know what, no matter what, we don't feel comfortable playing him. So to that end, if he does get cleared out of concussion protocol, it feels like that there is still a situation where Tua Tungavailoa could be on the field against the Buffalo Bills. Jeff, how consequential is Tua's availability on Sunday and the injuries, the concussions that he's had to deal with with the Dolphins when it comes to whether or not they exercise his fifth-year option this offseason? You know, that's a, it's a tricky one because uh, what I'd say there is that if that is the reason, uh, the fifth-year option is guaranteed against injury. Um, so he would get the guarantee that the, the team would be on the hook if it was because um, of the con- concerns with concussion. I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to understand the nuance of what would happen in that scenario, but it certainly seems like a complicated one to me. Uh, I can't foresee a situation where the Dolphins merely – you know, release Tua at this point. I think he's on the hook for like $9 million next year, uh, especially if that was the reason. So to me, I could see the Dolphins pursuing a more stable veteran and go that route with Tua also on the roster. Uh, And maybe someone who ultimately would unseat him, say like a Derek Carr type of player. But, you know, I, I think that we are entering 
a very complicated situation with Tua that the team will have to handle with very delicate gloves. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Uh, let's shift for a moment to some of the coaching situations on the carousel. Yeah. Within the last couple of minutes, Jeremy Fowler just tweeted the following. Rams coach Sean McVay, whose future is in limbo, has permitted his coaching staff to search for other jobs without resistance. He said mm-hmm. in a staff meeting that he doesn't know what he will do next year and won't block anybody else to explore opportunities. What is your read on the whole situation right now with Sean McVay and the Rams? Well, that certainly makes sense for Sean to do that. And by the way, um, in the past, guys like – from that coaching tree, whether it's McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, uh, it, it gets very sticky with those guys when it comes to um, kind of – Kyle sort of set the tone early on where he doesn't really let his coaches interview for jobs that are lateral moves um, and uh, sometimes even even more than that because these guys know each other all so well that they try to, like, protect their staffs essentially. So Sean doing that doesn't – to me just simply say that he is definitely um, retiring, but it does tell me that he is, you know, at least on the fence to the point where he's not going to, you know, hold the rest of his staff hostage while he makes the decision. I could, I look, I could certainly see him. I mean, this is the second year in a row where Sean has ended the season with one foot out the door. Last year was very similar. The only thing that I would say is, if he looks at the landscape, say, in the broadcast world, and that's where he wants to pivot to and says, well, uh, there's a lot of guys who have already kind of filled those positions, uh, maybe he feels the need to go back to coaching. But I just tend to think that for the second year in a row, if he's really kind of drained and exhausted by uh, the grind, that this could absolutely be the year that he maybe takes off uh, and resets his body and, and his, uh, his brain. Jeff, there are reports out there that Jim Harbaugh will interview for the Denver Broncos coaching vacancy. Mm-hmm. What are people in NFL circles saying about Jim Harbaugh and the prospects of him returning to the NFL? How likely is it? I think there is an expectation, you know, the people that I talk to, that Harbaugh at some point is going to return to the NFL. What, what situation he re-enters certainly going to be a matter of what he decides. I, I, I will say, though, every year that this happens and he doesn't take a position – you know, more and more, I think it always is a wonder, is he using this as leverage with Michigan? I mean, we've seen this so often, whether it be with college coaches flirting with the NFL or NFL coaches flirting with the college game. So I, I just think that until he truly says, I'm ready to come back uh, and tells one of these owners that, for me, this is just more of the same thing that we see each year from these coaches. How about Sean Payton here, Jeff? Is he is he more likely to end up in Denver, or is he kind of maybe quietly waiting out the Chargers situation? I would say he's waiting it out. Uh, personally, just from my knowledge of what Sean wants to do, I don't necessarily see Denver as the place that he wants to be. Now, mind mm-hmm. you, money can change that, and the Penners certainly have it, but I just know that, for instance, that Chargers job, he's wanted to be in L.A. Um, he wants to be, from what I understand, in, in a warm weather environment. Um, and I, so I really put that Chargers job. I put. I, I would probably say Peyton has the best um, ability to stay patient and, to your point, see how things unfold 
as the, the days kind of wind down here. But I would say I'd be very surprised if Sean Payton simply committed to the Broncos without knowing every opportunity that's going to be on the table. Jeff, earlier today, Jerry Jones came out and I guess gave his head coach a vote of confidence saying that he's got enough information for Mike McCarthy and it's not his job security is not going to depend on the results of the wild card game in Tampa on Monday. Is that situation stable or could there be more volatility behind the scenes? What, what are people in the NFL telling you about it? Yeah, I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. I'll believe that when I see Mike McCarthy as the head coach, say, in uh, August of next year. I just I think it's so important to see what happens with this team. I understand that he can say that the outcome of this specific game might not impact it, but if, for instance, the Cowboys show up the way that they did in Week 18, oh. the body of work could certainly dictate it. So, you know, maybe that's not simply the result of the wild card game, but it would be piling on to, you know, what would cause potential questions for Jerry Jones. And by the way, like if Sean Payton is knocking on his door saying, hey, I'm ready to go, let's do this, and and they don't have a good postseason showing after that Week 18 game, you can't convince me that Jerry Jones, of all people, with the window that he's currently in with the Cowboys is not going to jump at that. So. I understand why he has to issue that vote of confidence, and honestly, I think it'd be weird if he didn't, but it doesn't necessarily give me conviction believing that that will be the case for 2023. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, and at times, a guy that we turn to for expertise in life, as we often do with Diana Rossini. So, we turn to you with this hypothetical. Way smarter to go to Diana, but let's go. What do you got? <laughs> well, in this case, I think probably you could speak a little bit better to it, and you'll understand why in a moment. Let's say for a moment that you are a married individual for less than five months, and okay. your wife uh, orders dinner and has leftovers the next day. You go into the fridge, and you eat those leftovers mm-hmm. without any communication in advance. Ooh. Is this an out-of-bounds move on your part, or is this yeah. supposed to be what belongs to you, what belongs to me, belongs to us? No, it's got to be a con- – it, no, it's neither, first of all. Like, let's not go so far. I'm not trying to sound like like what belongs to me belongs to us, but, like, there's got to be – I mean, whose portion of the meal was it? How much did you eat the night before? I mean, there are qualifiers to whether those leftovers – or fair game. Let's just say I that it was it was knows. ordered by the by your wife. She ordered in, and the whole meal, the whole it meal, had nothing to do with me in the first place. Nothing to do with you in the first place. Yeah, that's a conversation. That's a, that's not. Damn, a, what's, Jeff, what's come on, mind. man, come on, man. I wanted I, you to I'm be on my to side. Sound soft here, either. Like I, I, you know, I'm willing to stand up for for, for what's right, Jeff. I, I just, I, I just, you know, I, I, I'm yeah. not trying. It's not even. A, attempt at chivalry like if she did that to me i'd be pissed yeah you know yeah if I, I get some and, and frankly parm, if i get some chicken parm on a thursday night while mm. she's like out to dinner with oh. her friends and the next day for lunch i'm thinking about that chicken parm all morning and i go in the fridge to get it and it's gone like i'm not even talking like gender specific here i am pissed yep you're not can't he can't he believed that he was entitled to go to the leftovers because they were in the fridge. You think that they have been surrendered? I think we they, get they to they a no certain. I, I think Those the statue of limitations runs out once we get past noon the following day. 
That's what I believe. No, I would put 48 mm-hmm. hours on that. I'd say if I, I'll give you this. Two days. Two sleeps. Mm-hmm. That's two sleeps. Still in the fridge, two sleeps. That's a good mm-hmm. All right, two sleeps. All right, okay. I would argue that right. Zach Wilson makes better decisions than Canty made. Wow. made right there. Hey, Zach's made some pretty good decisions in the past five years. <laughs> And on that note, Jeff, we appreciate it, Thanks, brother. Jeff. Thank right. you. See you guys. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. I, You're both out of your minds. No, uh, we're not. I disagree. No, we're I not. Disagree. The following this day. Is, this is the equivalent of a rookie telling two veterans they're lost. They don't know what he's doing. They're doing. Listen, we got to go to break, but here's what doesn't make sense. If she's already eating something the following day that's different for lunch, then why the hell can't I take liberties with what's left in the fridge? She wasn't even thinking about it if she's eating something different for lunch. Could be looking forward to it for dinner. I'm telling you, listen, you got to let this one go. Take us to break. Canty and Carlin, up next. I mean, that was an unthinkable move, but are the Bears really, really about to consider the unthinkable? We'll tell you why they might be. Next, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? I love Mike Tannenbaum. He's one of, just I think, one of the great people around. As good of a guy as there is, he's out of his mind. He's just, he's out of his mind. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, on our show yesterday on Justin Fields, the Bears, and the number one overall pick. Candidly, I would uh, draft Bryce Young guys, and I would try to get a lot of picks for Justin Fields. I just think that Justin Fields has a chance of being a really good quarterback, and I think Bryce Young has a chance to be a superstar. And they did have a great day yesterday, and there's going to be about a dozen teams or so that need a quarterback. Um, so I think they're really seeing from a position of strength here in the coming months. Chris, I couldn't disagree more with this take. And it, it's a take on a take, but more than anything, the Bears are in such an amazing position in so many ways. And I went back, all right, let's look through some of the some of the different splits, some of the statistical anomalies about where, not anomalies, statistical advancements for t- Justin Fields this year. Chris, in every single way, he improved in the passing game, and he is dynamic in the run game. When you rush for 1,200 yards, and in year two, 17 touchdowns, 11 picks, and those numbers are all improved across the board, there's no discussion to be had here. Justin Fields is on his way to being a superstar. Well, I mean, Lamar Jackson has a similar skill set to Justin Fields, right? Yeah. And Lamar Jackson won an MVP, and he's 25 years old. Yep. Justin Fields has that kind of trajectory. He has that type of ceiling. So if I have a quarterback that's shown steady improvement, 
and has the potential to win an MVP, why would I move off of him from an unknown quantity? Why, why, what you sense does it make? I don't know what Bryce Young is, is or isn't going to be in the NFL. I know what Justin Fields is. Mm-hmm. He's an ascending young player, and I'm sorry, when you have a quarterback like that going into his third season, you don't get rid of the guy. You surround him with the requisite pieces in order for him to allow your franchise to have a chance to have you know, sustained success. Justin Fields is the most contacted quarterback over the last two years, Carlin. Something about that has to change. And their new GM, Ryan Poles, has been charged with trying to get a lot of that fixed. And I think that he's going to have the ammunition if he flips that first overall pick for multiple draft picks. We talked about the scenario yesterday. You could potentially get three first-round draft picks for that first overall pick because you do have a quarterback-rich draft. As many as three quarterbacks could go in the top seven or eight picks. And not fall all that far in the process, by the way. And that's my point. So if you're going to have at least three quarterbacks in the top ten in this year's NFL draft, there are going to be a bevy of teams that are willing to give you a a treasure trove of picks in order to move up to have a chance at getting a signal caller. You have that quarterback. And then, oh, by the way, Carlin, you have $113 million in cap space. You have plenty of ammunition to put players around Justin Fields. And I'm not just talking about Jags. I'm not just talking about just another guy. You can go in, go get high-end starters to surround Justin Fields with draft picks and with cap space. I, I just don't understand why Mike T would want to move off of Justin Fields for a relative unknown in Bryce Young. We don't know what he's going to be. He projects as a really good quarterback, but we don't know what he's going to be at we the We know NFL what Fields level. is. We know what he is, and he's an ascending quarterback. He is a guy that... You know, after next year, you will give one of the big money extensions to, and you as a franchise will have your guy for the next 15 years. And there won't be any discussion. They had a guy since Sid Luckman, Carlin. No, and in two to three years, Chris, they're going to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender if they do this right. If they do this right with everything they have to work with, there's no reason to think otherwise. Here is Ryan Poles, Bears GM, who was asked about this situation uh, earlier at his uh, season-ending press conference. Yeah, we had good conversations. Um, I'm excited for the direction he's going. And as I mentioned before, he knows where he has to improve. I think you mentioned that the other day. Um, So we're excited about his development and where he goes next. He showed ability to be impactful with his legs. There's flashes with his arm. Now if we can put that together, I think we have something really good. Because you have the first pick, there are people that sit there go, oh, the quarterback might be available there. But you're saying Justin's your guy. Well, we're going to do the same as we've always done. We're going to evaluate the draft class. And I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away to make that type of decision. Chris, if in that situation, Ryan Poles drafts a quarterback, he should be fired. Mm. Immediately. Fired. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. With Look at the hit rate of quarterbacks over the last 15 years. It doesn't happen, Chris. It's 30% on those high picks. You hit. You hit. You don't double down in this position. You are not sitting on an 11 and the dealer's got a 6. That is not what you are doing. You are taking your guy, you are developing him, and you are putting everything around him. You hit on it a minute ago. He got hit too much. Mm-hmm. Chris, that's because they didn't have anything around him. They didn't have a good offensive line. They didn't have an offensive line, period. They didn't have any playmakers other than maybe Darnell Mooney. They had nothing to work with, and he still put up the numbers that he did. 
You don't move on from a sure thing. If you're going to draft a quarterback, you're out. I'm sorry. And yeah, I know it, it's it here just, too, it, but that would be an insane It just doesn't move. make any sense. And Carlin, in the second half of this season, Justin Fields is sixth in QBR in the NFL. Like in, in the, the league. And that's what you're looking for, right? You understand that a young quarterback is going to struggle to find his footing, adjusting to the speed of the game, understanding what he's looking at as far as NFL defenses are concerned. There is a learning curve that comes along with operating an NFL offense. And by the end of year two, you're hoping that your guy figures it out. That's what we saw with Trevor Lawrence, right? Trevor Lawrence, since week nine, has been 7-2. and two, And he quarterbacked his team into the postseason. That's what you're looking for. Justin Fields doesn't have nearly the amount of talent that Trevor Lawrence has around him. Yet you were still able to see the steady improvement from him. Tells me a couple of things, first of all, Carlin. The sports character with this kid is what you're looking for. He can be a leader of men because he's hanging in there with inferior talent and is giving his team an opportunity to compete. That's important. The other thing, I can trust him when it comes to having to pay him what starting quarterbacks make in this league. It's going to be upwards of $50 million when they make that decision. I can trust it because I've seen the way that this kid is grinded and I've seen the way that he's improved. I'm not sure why you would want to move off of all of the things that you've seen, the growth that you've seen this year, for Bryce Young. It just doesn't make any sense to me. You wouldn't. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance on your smart speaker as well. Up next, something happened earlier today that has me questioning one of the longest-term relationships in my life. That's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? All right. Here's the deal. I understand that the last few years have been very difficult, particularly in the service industry. Okay? But, Canty, what happened today blew me away, and it's just inexcusable. And it has me questioning one of the great relationships that I have had in my life. And in fact, it does have me cursed off. Canty and Carlin are. Kristoff. I know you mean business when you roll up the sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Bacon and I have been in an, a, a, just a love affair for 35 years at least, yeah. if not more. It's coming close to an end. And 
There is one store in particular that had me questioning this. Now, the, in case you haven't noticed, the price of bacon the last couple of years has gone up. I don't give a damn what the price of bacon is. It's too good to give up, but go ahead. Okay, well, when you can throw it around like you, I understand. That's wow. Fine. Stay here, out of my pockets, Carlin. Listen to me for a second here, okay? I am a guy that likes to stay in a bit of a routine. When I find something for lunch that I like, I stick with it for a while. So for the last, I would say, six months, I have gone with pretty consistently a... Grilled chicken wrap, lettuce, tomato, bacon, and cheddar. Nice. Okay? Solid. Very nice choice, by the way. I there, know. There is a restaurant nearby that is uh, a lunch place. You go in, you order, you take it out. Yeah. Relatively new. I'm not going to name it, even though I should. <laughs> On the menu, it says, make your own wrap, make your own sandwich, $8.95. All right. $8.95. Canty, I have been very patient. I don't want to get upset about things. Okay. I look, I order my wrap and a small bag of chips as well. $18. What? Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a minute. Wait. It said $8.95. Yeah. Make your it own said $8.95. Make your own wrap. I look at the receipt. The bacon. I am now charged $5 for bacon on uh, exactly. And not only that, it's. Two strips of bacon that oh, they no, put on this. No, no. And not only that, I look up on the wall as I have my receipt in my hand, and on the wall they have the menu, and it says cheeseburger, seven ninety five, bacon cheeseburger, eight ninety five. So the bacon on the cheeseburger only costs a dollar extra, and the bacon on my chicken wrap costs five extra dollars. Five. And I'm looking, wait a second, I know the price of pork bellies went up, I understand this, I love bacon. What are you, the Dukes? I'm paying attention. to places? I'm paying attention. <laughs> when it comes to my lifestyle, I pay attention. But I have been extra cognizant of always being patient with people. So I'm in the place, and I say, wait a second, hang on, excuse me, $5? Well, yes, sir, that's what it charged. Well, what about this? Well, that's what we charge, you get two strips of bacon on that. And I said, I get two strips of bacon on my thing. I don't order extra bacon. I said, that's what we charge for extra bacon. I didn't order extra bacon. You just ordered bacon. Ordered regular bacon. Yeah. They say, no, sir, I'm sorry, that's what it costs. And so, I'm, I'm just, I'm, so I'm you, not a guy. Did, did, no. you, did you tell them to shove their wrap? No. No, I'm not that guy. Okay. I You're will stand back. Me. I have always found in my life, it is best to take all of your rage and bottle it up and let it explode at an inappropriate time later on. Usually so at a what, family get-together. But today just so happens to be when you're in studio with me. Exactly. So you're taking your bacon rage, your bacon fit out on me. Well, I don't know if I should be mad at bacon. I don't know if I should be mad at this place. And then I stood around for 15 minutes. The place was empty. And I know that you got orders from DoorDash and all that. 15 minutes and I finally said, excuse me, where's my wrap? Oh, you had a wrap? They didn't even start it. Wow. They didn't even start it. Wow. 20 minutes waiting for the wrap. I look at the wrap. I open it up just to confirm. Maybe a strip and a half. So now, out of principle, there's no way you can go back to this place for lunch, right? There's no way no you can patronize this restaurant ever. No. If it yeah. was a chain, I would mention the chain. It's not a chain. It's just a local place in New York nobody's going to yeah, care yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to kill mom and pop anyway. But no. here's the thing, though. You, you can't But go mom back. and pop are killing me if you, this is mom and pop. You can't go back to that place. No. Ever. Ever. No, absolutely not. Ever. I am I, I I don't know who to be mad at. No, you can't be mad at bacon. Bacon is too good. I've told you this before. I don't trust people that don't like bacon. 
And that's fair. Yeah. So, I mean, don't take this out on bacon. Don't take this out on the rising cost of pork bellies or whatever the hell. This is that restaurant because they chose to take the low road. And in this instance, you actually took the high road. It was an exercise in patience. And you had to be patient overall because they made you wait 15 minutes after you ordered the damn wrap. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't have any, any words of comfort. All I can tell you is this. It was a disappointing experience, but don't throw the bacon out with the bathwater. Bacon is outstanding. It's one of God's gifts. Enjoy it. Bacon, I, I can't quit you. No. I don't want to. No, no, no. I don't want to. No. no. But $5, $5, I literally got to the studio and went on my iPad and looked up what is the price of pork bellies today. So you, so let me ask, just to be clear. Has it just gotten you, out of hand? You've never gone to this place and added bacon to any wrap that you've ever had. No, I have before. It's just $5 now. So they've changed that. They jacked the price up on the bacon. Because it used to cost me like 13 14 bucks for the wrap and the chip. Okay. If it, if it cost me a little extra for so bacon, now, I can now, deal with now that. they're like a drug dealer. They get you hooked thinking that there's going to be one well, price for your build your wrap. You're thinking it's eight ninety five plus whatever the chips cost. Yep. Boom, bam, bow. You get out of there for thirteen bucks with your lunch. Yeah. But now that they've seen that you're a regular customer, huh, let's see if we can pull one over on the big guy. Why do they hurt the ones they love? I don't Why? Know. I don't know. Why do they do they're, that? They're like the Knicks and the Jets. They can't help themselves. Chris, they jack the prices up and they leave you disappointed. I will not let them break me.